Good morning. Welcome to the Black Pill Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Tyler. Today we are talking about black filmmakers and we're discussing the future of Afrocentric movie productions. So I have two young ladies on the line with me now. I'm going to have them introduce themselves and then we'll get right into the discussion. So Akima, you can go first. Okay. Um, My name is Akima T. Moore. I am a black female filmmaker and a few other things. Um, I am very happy to be here. I am very passionate about film, about media as a whole, so that includes TV and uh, digital as well. I've been in the industry as an actor since Sesame Street in the 80s, (laughs) and as a filmmaker, meaning a writer, a producer, a director, since about 2007. So I love what I do. I do what I love. I make the most to help it make my life complete and be able to eat as well and I'm always here to work with and for other people of color so hi thank you very much and Karsina can you introduce yourself (laughs) to the audience yes that was a great introduction hi my name is Karsina Jefferson Uh, I'm in Los Angeles I'm also a black filmmaker um, but I am specifically a horror film director Uh, I've been making horror films since 2010 um, I also am a working actress, so any of the viewers can IMDb me, and they probably have seen me or on commercials that are running uh, currently or anything, um, but I have been in this game for a very long time, and I love it, um, but specifically, I'm, I really love the horror genre. That is a genre that a lot of black people uh, in general, male or female, um, have not really tapped into, um, of course, aside what we're going to talk about today, but um, except for, you know, your early five-minute death scene because you didn't have a good agent because you didn't get to the sequel. Um, so right. <laughs> I'm hoping to change that um, soon. But uh, I, um, out of Los Angeles, I am the only female uh, horror director um, as far as having my own production company. It's called Verse Films Productions. Um, and we write, we produce, um, as well as uh, make sure that we are seen um, amongst, you know, Hollywood, whether it be black Hollywood or whether it just be Hollywood in general. So, hello out there. Excellent. Thank you, ladies, for the introduction. So I'm going to open up the show with the first question, and this is for Akima, and it's a very broad question. What is the state of black film productions as it corresponds to you as a black female producer, director, writer, actor, what do you feel the state is for black females within the film industry when it comes to film production? So, yes, it is a broad question um, and a loaded one, actually. I think that my take on the state is going to be very different from my sister Karsina here because I'm in New York, and New York, L.A. is very different, right? So for me, as a (laughs) – it it just is (laughs) – But for me, um, on a Hollywood, national, studio, and network level, female black is the new black for the moment Um, because you have your Avas, you have your Molinas, you have your Maras, you have your Shondas, right? And they're making (laughs) film and they're making TV, and it's moving and everybody loves it and it's great and the studios are green lighting left and right, and that's amazing, right? But if you're not in that clique, and you're not known, then it's a different world for you. Now, they're opening doors, and they're opening eyes, and hopefully they're opening minds. But on the independent level, it's very different. Now, we have our heroes, sheroes like Dee Reese, who's come up through the independent ranks. We have a, a host of them, actually. But if you are in the independent space, you are still fighting. You are still fighting other sisters <laughs> to get a role or to get a director job or a producer job, you are still fighting brothers who are trying to keep it to themselves. You are still fighting white people who are like, yeah, that's cute, but I'm going to hire my brother's nephew's cousin's sister because I owe them a favor. So it is very, very, it's still a process. It's still a mile-high hike, um, but we are not waiting anymore, and that's what makes me happy. We are not waiting to be given permission or opportunities. We are writing ourselves. We are shooting ourselves. We are editing. We are directing. We are creating. We are producing. We are farming ourselves out to each other 
to fill in the gaps that our sisters don't maybe have access to. So if I'm a writer, but I don't direct or produce, I'm going to go find myself a writer and a producer. And now there's so many amazing groups. I know in New York, too, that I frequent consistently outside of NYWIFT, which is a much bigger thing, which I am a member of. I've been a member for about four years now. Um, for those that don't know, it's the New York Women in Film and Television. Right. But there are some grassroots groups that are doing amazing things, um, specifically for people of color, but the, they are run by women. So they service women of color in the film industry very well. It is the uh, Black Film Space. One of the co-founders and co-creators is Londa Youssef. She's a writer-producer. She came from TV. Um, Black Film Space does everything from writers, uh, screenwriters' rooms to workshops to panels to outings to mixers. It's amazing, and they provide so much information and opportunities for us to network laterally amongst each other as opposed to looking to always try to get to those people that are above where we may be in our careers because they're not looking at us at the moment <laughs> a lot of the time unless you know somebody that knows somebody that might know somebody. And then there's the Black TV and Film Collective, which is also run by a woman, Haria Muhammad. And Haria just got into, uh, she just got the Jerome Foundation grant for one of her projects, and she just got into, um, she just got into, um, what is it? It's another program, um, Try Back All Access, with one of her projects. And we are collectively a finalist in another one that I can't say because we're not in in yet. Um, but she's doing amazing things for up-and-coming writers, directors, producers as well. So in general, the state is hopeful, I believe, but we're not waiting and we're doing and we're doing with and for each other. And that's the part that makes me extremely excited because when I first started doing this, I was the only one. When I did the NYU producer program, I was the only little brown girl. I was the only brown person <laughs> in the room in my <laughs> classes. So not even the only little brown girl, I was the only brown person. But I in my life, even in my corporate life before creative, have been the only or the other. So I'm used to it. And I'm happy to go out in all those lovely white spaces and bring all the information back home. I do it all the time. So let me ask this question for Karshina. Based on what Okima just said, how does that relate to you when it comes to being a horror filmmaker within L.A.? Um, I, that was great, Akima. That's awesome. And I know all about being the single black, only black, <laughs> token black, all the, <laughs> all the lonely blacks <laughs> versions of that. Um, I agree to an extent. Um, however, I've always, I'm also originally from the South, so I'm from the East Coast. And I also used to live in New York mm-hmm. as well. So I've done my stint in New York. I grew up in the South, so that was even a major solo black project, as you can imagine, um, and then moving out to L.A. Um, I only thing that I disagree with is that we've always been here. Um, we've never waited to an extent. We just were not seen. We just were not found. We just um, did not have the means to present ourselves. Like when YouTube was blowing up, you know, there were a lot of us who were doing stuff on YouTube trying to get our channel, you know, up, but it wasn't what the, what the public was looking for. They were looking for, if you, if you recall back in the day, those buying videos, they were looking for those one-minute things that people can do, and then it became, okay, it's one-minute videos, but it was like stoner humor. It was more about, I'm going to blog about hair, I'm going to blog about makeup, I'm going to talk about this or that. So less and less of actual producers and directors and writers who were doing, like, short films like myself or, like, others that I know were being put in the back burner. So we never waited. We just were, as far as writing things or as far as directing things, we were just in the process of making sure that we were seen. Um, and, of course, you know, the attention span of everyone is, is those buying videos, and that was our problem. It's how do you make a, a film within that 30 seconds, within that 60 seconds. I mean, they're out there. Oh, trust me, they are out there. But when mm-hmm. you are, and I'm pretty sure, like Akima was test, when you are a writer, when you are a director, 30 seconds is a challenge, but that's not what you're, you're aiming for. You want to have, like, an actual movie. You want to have, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end. You want to make sure that you show something of worth 
And that means, no, I'm going to now make you sit down, plop down, and watch my stuff like you would normally do at a regular movie theater. Not just, oh, okay, 30 seconds, she's cool for the moment. No, I actually want to invest in this person because they actually took the time to write, you know, 90 pages, to write 120 pages for this mm-hmm. actual epic movie. Um, so with that being said, yes, there are a lot of groups. There are a lot of um, places where, you know, we as black females specifically and then black people in general can go um, to make sure that we are being seen. But the agreement comes from, yeah, it's a click. If you're not part of the Shonda group or if you're not um, part of the Oprah group or you're not part of that group where you just magically got discovered by Lee Daniels, to be that triple threat where you sing, you dance, you do rap songs, you, you know, you, you go from <laughs> Bel Air to the Gucci house, you know, whatever. You know, those, those girls, I'm so proud of them that, you know, I, I shout out to all of them because they are, in a sense, paving the way because there has not been a conversation where I go into meetings where it's like, oh, are you writing for network? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, I was on Grey's Anatomy. I know that very well. Oh, so then you do? No, I do not do that. <laughs> I do something different. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I, I do speak about passionately is the fact that we can do the same things that everyone else is doing. I mean, you have your Asian American um, group. You have your Indian American group. You have your Native American group. You know, you have all these groups that are trying to be seen. And my passion is, okay, great, everyone's trying to do this. Okay, let's do a drama. Let's do a slave drama. Okay, let's do a slave drama now in the modern sense. Okay, let's do a slave drama now just about women. Let's now do a slave drama about Revolution War. It's like, okay, where are you going to put this in the box? I'm passionate about showing that there are other genres out there that we do well. And if it takes mm-hmm. doing something that's off the cuff, such as horror, such as thrillers, such as detective stories, things that they don't think that we do anyway, aside from dying within five minutes, then that is what we have to do to be seen. And then if you want to go ahead and do your blackish comedies, then if you want to do your seven seconds, you know, Netflix, great. But do something that's going to get them, get your pinky toe, at least the, the toenail, in the door to be like, what do you do again? Oh, I write for drama. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've got a dozen of you. But when you say, hi, my name is Karshi Jefferson. I just finished up a Russian short horror film. They're like, what? 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 Russian short. Do you speak Russian? Then the conversation keeps going. Then the conversation opens doors. Then the conversation says, oh, this is a different black girl. This is almost like that German black girl that was in that movie with the slaves. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We speak other languages too. Um, but I, I really feel like our, our industry needs to do something out of the norm, and we are to shake things up. And we have, obviously, what we're going to talk about, Black Panther shaking it up as a superhero. We've always had superheroes. Hello, we've had Storm from mm-hmm. Netflix. We have Tigress as well. We have John Stewart. Hello, the best Green Lantern. Um, and then we have mm-hmm. all the others that are out there. And then think about those movies that have not been made. I would rather see a Storm epic drama than I would see a Black Widow. I'm like, all right, Russian girl, great, lovely. But do you not understand Storm getting her powers from Africa? Hence again, another African movie. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. those are the type of stories that people are waiting for, something that's out of the norm. And so that's what I feel like a lot of our black film and filmmakers need to do things and shake it up out of the norm. So then that conversation piece becomes, oh, I don't have one of you. And you know they do. They say, oh, I don't have one of you. I've got the slave drama. Mm-hmm. I've got the Carcina, oh, let me drama. interrupt you for one second. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Yeah. So the slave drama, right, Nate Parker's slave drama, um, The Birth of a Nation, didn't really make any money. So the slave drama didn't really pop off this year or last year. But we had Get Out, Black Panther, Fast and the Furious, Moonlight, Girls Trip, all movies that weren't dealing with any type of slave narrative type of thing that all were big blockbusters. And you guys mentioned that you're doing it yourselves. So my question is, if we're doing it ourselves, how do we finance the next blockbuster? And I'm going to throw that question to Akima. 
Okay. So um, just to wrap up what uh, Karsheen was saying, I totally agree. I didn't want it to – I didn't mean for it to come off as we were always waiting. I think that this new generation has – Whereas we were in need of access to especially equipment in the early days because there were no DSLRs back then, these kids just go for it. And now we're just going for it. And so that's where I was coming from. But I totally agree on everything else that you have said in that we do need to branch out. And so, Tyler, yes, we do have all of these uh, wonderfully successful black movies from this season that were not slave narratives because baby Jesus loves us. And um, – it's amazing, but as far as financing, especially if you are an independent that, like, like Christina said, that, that is not in the clique, you know, you don't know Brad Pitt to get on a B2, and you don't know, you know what I mean, you don't know those people. Financing comes in so many various forms. Now, God bless crowdfunding, but I'm not a big fan. <laughs> um, I feel like it's now the independent filmmaker's ATM. And everybody is trying. And then you have people that are crowdfunding for all kinds of weird, odd, not necessary things. Like, my boyfriend wants to take me on a date. Can you give us $50? Like, it's crazy. So it's not (laughs) the source that it once was for us in terms of trying to get people to invest in us. So now um, I know for a lot of people that I know, there are a lot of of hedge funds out there that are looking to invest in film and cinema. Um, coming from finance, that's what my degree is in. I worked in finance for almost 20 years. I know many of the hedge funds that I worked for here in New York had specific film and entertainment sectors. Um, Now, granted, they may not look for, you know, Okima's next feature immediately. (laughs) However, there are definitely more distribution houses, black-owned and black-run, that are popping up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You have a lot more... Uh, black and brown multimillionaires who want to fund film and get into the film game, so they do it from the independent space. You have a lot of, um, and then you have a lot of roundabout ways. I mean, if you have, the thing is, as a creator, you should have several things on deck, right? Because if you're pitching, if you're actively pitching your work, and you only have one thing to pitch, baby, sit down. Because nine times out of ten, that one thing that you think is a hit, they're not going to want. And they got to ask you what else you got. And those three things that you have in your pocket, one of those three, if not all three, could be the thing to get you in the door. So if you are pitching and actively pitching, there's so many programs, there's so many networks that are looking for content. There are a lot of black-owned and black-run networks that are consistently looking for content. Your Aspires, your Up, your BET Hers. Um, I don't that know how true. we became a black network, but we is somehow a black network. All their black <laughs> content is positive content, but they're always looking for black content. Oxygen. Always looking for black content. Let me tell you, these white faces are looking for brown faces. Don't get it twisted. So there's a lot of ways for you to get in the door. But being a part of a lot of these groups and a lot of these networking sects get you in those doors. I know that BTSC is always pitching that somebody has come to them looking for this or that, whether it's an actor or a project or hiring mm-hmm. people. I know for me, I get in the door because I produce from a network level I started, when I wanted to switch into network television, I started coordinating. I was the coordinator for Oprah's Masterclass. I'm now the coordinator right. for Chopped on Food Network. So it's, it's a matter of branching out and thinking outside of the box of how you can step indoors and then get your toes wet in those spaces. People then know you do other things outside of that, and they begin to inquire. But the key to all of that is quality work. The problem is mm-hmm. there's so much non-quality work in the streets that people are not – everybody wants to get their stuff in Tribeca and and Cannes and Sundance, but they have, like, you know, the work is not there. The quality is not there. And there's no need for it, and I only say that because there's so many people, I'm sure, that that person that may not have the best work out knows laterally not a Shonda, not a Issa, but they know a Shanika <laughs> and they know a Travis who knows how to color correct. They know a right. Ronald who knows how to do audio. They know these people. So they need to invest in ensuring that the work is quality so that they can get the bigger eyes. Because if your work is ass, I'm sorry, nobody's going to care how much you're passionate about it. I can be passionate about going to the moon, but if I haven't trialed and traveled and trained as a space cadet, guess what? I'm going to be looking at the moon through my telescope off my couch. 
You have to be aware, and it has to be quality. Make that work, no. <laughs> so, so let let me ask you guys a question about streaming services, and I'm going to take this to um, our next guest. So, when we talk about streaming services, how does that relate to making money? Right? We have YouTube, Vimeo, possibly Netflix. Um, how do we make money off of our films by using streaming services? Do you guys feel that's a good avenue? Kashin, I'm going to throw that question to you. Well, that all goes back to what Akima was saying is that, you know, once you're, I want to say, once you got your social as far as, oh, I, I produce this or I, I work with this, and then somebody asks you a question to get your financing together, uh, then you can go ahead and move forward and try to send it out. Um, I re- recall uh, a story um, from the Duffer Brothers. I was at a Netflix event um, for Stranger Things, and the Duffer Brothers were like, look, we came out of Adam. We did one good thing, and that's it. But we knocked on Netflix's door, and they said no the first time. We knocked on these type of doors, and they said no the first time. Even we had trouble. But then when we presented it a different way, um, then they were like, oh, yeah, come on in. Everyone thinks that it's so easy to, like, pop up on Netflix because every time, every month, there's always a new show um, that pops up on Netflix. And you're like, oh, I could have done, you know, that show or I could have, you know, where are they getting this money from? Well, who are they hiring? Like, how are they doing things? It's actually quite hard to get on these new uh, streaming services, um, you can do an Amazon Prime, you can do that. Um, and I don't want to say a buy-in, so that's not technically what it is. I forget the actual way. But you can sign up for their little distribution, you know, and have your um, film vetted, have your film ready to go, have it on a, all packaged up ready to go, and they'll put it out there. And then people who stream it, you know, you can do your 99 cents or your iTunes, you know, money version. And the percentage that you get from that is what you would get. So it's very small. So even in terms of even if you get them to vet your film and put it up on their site, you know, like any, like a book, like, oh, look, I was a publisher, but it's like only on Amazon and that's it. It's not like at Random House. It's not like at any of the other sites. Then it becomes a, okay, well, how many people now am I going to say to family or friends, hey, buy my thing that you saw for free last month at a festival or buy my thing that you, you know, so you can make and reap that money. You know, it, it, it's hard. It's like trying to sell out a 99-seat theater. You know, you're trying to tell your friends, hey, I've got a show going on, but if you buy this seat, you know, that's how you're making your money. So it is actually quite hard, um, at least in that sense. The other sense is once you get your financing together, putting it up on Vimeo or putting it up on YouTube, those are, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm just going to straight say it, those are more popularity, popularity contests because if you don't have mm-hmm. 40,000 views, if you don't have your 20, I mean, you could be the Travis Scott, you could be that moonlight, like, dope, that is some good stuff. And there are some really great stuff, great, I work with great cinematographers, great post-production houses. I mean, these people work with, Game of Thrones, HBO, you know, these people are like my people, but then it becomes like, yeah, but then when I put it up, I don't have 40,000 people. I don't have people to, to look at my stuff. So the financing goes in relation with, well, then who's going to see it? Then that means that person who is that higher up is going to say, great, she did great, but she doesn't have the means to get our money back because she doesn't have people that's looking at her work. So that's the disconnect. We can put it up on, like I said, all these socials. We can even finally get a Netflix, you know, shout-out. But if we don't have that, quote-unquote, popularity to make them money, to make it back, it's an investment. If you can't get that investment money back, then it's not going to work for you. Um, I, I know private backers that you can speak with and people who just say, hey, if you just want to make your movie, make your movie, put it up and then see how it runs. I mean, festivals are great for that. When people put their stuff in festivals, I have things running in festivals now, and the question is, do I send it to a distributor? Do I want it even out there? Do I now want them to look at it and be like, great, we'll distribute your film. You can make this much money. 
but this is how we're also going to change it. So it's like, do you Uh want them to change your things or do you want to keep it and be all, look at me, I am, you know, person, hear me roar, to be the owner um, of my, and have the rights to my stuff. So it's it's a very hard question. It's hard to get it financed and it's hard to get things to make that money unless you are truly found and unless you truly are um, in that, I want to say, in that popularity club where you've got people who are like, look at me, hashtag, watch my show, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, 99 cents. Um, I mean, that's, that's just my take on it. That's just my take on it. So let me ask you guys this question. I the Oscars think- are coming on tonight, right? We have the Oscars coming on tonight. Do we care? Is it something we as filmmakers, creators should be watching and be involved in in some sort of way, or is it not necessary? You always care, um, at least for me. Yeah. You always care. I think, you, I think, you always care. I think that people take this whole – so, yes, of course we care. I think that it is important to care because these are things that will get you more work. So shout out to all the hotels that say, screw the man, and this is not yet. That's great. But of course you care. You care as a fan because you want to see people that you think are worthy of reverence and accolades get them. You care as a filmmaker because you know that the work that wins in this, if it's your job, like the fact that Get Out was a horror or a thriller and they try to put it in a comedy label is retarded but at the end of the day it is a black helm thriller so guess what now Kashina has something when she's pitching to put towards when she's talking about things in her genre that have done well in the main market because in a pitch you're talking yep. about that they're asking yep. for comparables now she has a huge comparable for herself and the fact that it's black helm is another notch in her belt and feather in her cap. We care. The issue is, in my opinion, that we cannot consistently utilize that as the only gauge of our worth and our, our, our accolades and what have you, because it is a system Great. that was not created to benefit us in the first place. So we cannot think that that system that was not created for us in the first place will kowtow to us because we want them to. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Time's up is mm-hmm. because it's white women. They are famous white women that have complaints, so that's why time's up is a thing. If it was just black women that were complaining, if it was just, you know, if it was just Ooh. your, your Shondas and just your Violas, nobody would give two damn. But because it's Merrill and all these other white women that people look at as porcelain dolls, they care. So it's a thing, mm-hmm. just like this whole gun control thing. When it was Black Lives Matter, we were riots and we were detriments to society. These kids are white kids because they're forming all of these things about the things that are happening to a lot of white people. So it's a thing now. It's like the opioid crisis and crack. When it was crack, they were degenerates. They were terrible. It's opioids and white people. Oh, my God, it's mass hysteria and it's happening. So let's mm-hmm. pay attention. You know what I mean? That's what it is. So we care from a creative standpoint and we want to see our people win, but we cannot utilize that as the only thing that says we matter. Because how many of us show up to get our awards at the NAACP? How many of us show up to get our awards at the smaller festivals, but we all show up to the big stuff? We have to continue to create our own and still bolster what happens in their world, in the mainstream world, because they both matter. They both matter. They and do. the sooner we realize that, the sooner we realize that we can care about their stuff and build our own stuff too, and one doesn't have to trump the other or what have you, the sooner we'll be happy where we are and push to get further and not worry about having these tips about unnecessary, stupid, menial things that really aren't progressing our process anyway. Just my two cents. No, and, I, and I, if, I, if I can piggyback and make it um, at least a dollar, um, <laughs> I to make sure. yes, um, it, it, it is a thing where we do care because in a room, in a voting committee, you, I mean, we all, we all know what the voting committee is. They're just a group of these people who uh, are in a, you know, not in a room, but it's, it's the majority of the voting committee is 75% white 
older males between the ages of 65 mm-hmm. and 85, if you really want to look at it. And then the next mm-hmm. 15% out of that are voting white males from uh, the ages of 45 to 65. And then you have that small, like, 4% that's like, okay, now we're back on track to the 20s to the 30s, and then we have that one small 2%. The fact that we do have a, a black female who is over the Oscars, um, that in itself is, is great. I was, I was happy for that. Um, but then again, remember, these are just – no, let me stop. They're not just, but I was going to say they're accolades to present to the world and say these are the best of the best of the best that we deem the best. You may think that this show was the best, obviously, but we in terms of finance, in terms of acting, in terms of their up and their, their comeuppance, in terms of, oh, you've seen them in the shadows, but now they're now finally getting their spotlight. These are, these are our new crop of people that we want to present to the world like a package, and then we will let them go. So when we, uh, the Akimas of the world and the Karshinas of the world and the Tylers of the world, watch the show or lack of, you know, watch the bloopers or watch the highlights the next day because it's going to be a long show, um, mm-hmm. you see what they're presenting you. You see it as a nice package of, wow, uh, you know, Okuya is, is going to win for, for Get Out. We have now packaged him up when he was doing Black Mirror, when he was doing other films. We have now packaged him up, mm-hmm. wrapped him up, and now we are presenting to him, presenting him to you to show you this is now the black male that we are looking forward to working with. If, if you, if, if I mean, let's get it, let's get it right. Black. It's their version exactly. of, of course I love people. My best friend exactly. is black. Exactly. Every every person now in Hollywood, I can tell you right now, because I'm actually going to be on a, a shoot uh, actually in the next hour or so, um, actually every person is trying to attach themselves to a black person right now because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, Black Panther and blew up, or oh, Mudbound, oh, I didn't know she was, I knew she, you know, she sung about all these things, but man, when, when you know, when she sang, you know, it's like everyone now is trying to scramble to find their black person. Their black person. Their black yeah. person. And if you smart, get out. you will be that black person. Let me tell you something. Exactly. Don't, exactly. My, people talk about this token thing. I'm going to tell you, and it's the unpopular opinion, but that's my life. It's fine. Um, my <laughs> nanny right. used to say it's something to life. me. I'm, I'm, I'm Guyanese and Bayesian, right? My nanny used to say mm-hmm. something to me. Okima, people that's telling you about he talking, but he talking is gay to ride on the bus. When people are mad about this whole, oh, well, I'm just a black, listen, God dog it, if you are the black person at the moment, you better go take that and then make something of it. I'm not mad at the tokens that they pick. That's what's up. Get your sign, get your coin. But what I'm saying is if that is you, when it is your moment, you take it and then you do what we all do. You bring that ish home. You bring it home, meaning now that you're in a position with some juice, you can hire your black PA. You can hire your black above-the-line people. You can mm-hmm. hire some mm-hmm. black people with some under fives. It doesn't matter if they're under five. I'm a working actress. That under Them two lines make me $1,000 in the union. Yes, Girl, I, I know what you're talking about. Come on. My little so two seconds like, like, oh, yes. Girl, right. So it's like people, people bitch and moan about, oh, well, they just want – I don't care. They don't. I wasn't even a whole person 500 years ago, according to them. So it's cool. <laughs> you can bring me in right. as your token, as your only, as your other. Because what you don't know is I have a wedge in my pocket. And if you know G&E, you know what a wedge is. I have a wedge in my pocket. So when I come through mm-hmm. the door, I'm going to make sure I come through it after everybody else. And I'm going to slip that wedge under the door ever so slightly so the people behind me notice it's cracked and they can come in too. That's what I'm going to do. So if I'm going to be a token for something, great. But when you start seeing more brown in this bowl, when you start seeing more raisins in this bowl of milk, just know that was me. We got 20 minutes left in the episode, and I want to get personal okay. with you guys, right? So I want to know what you guys are working on in terms of your writing, your producing, your directing, and your acting. So I'm going to start with Okima. Give us some nuggets about what you have coming up. Um, okay, great. So right now I am on a network level. I am the uh, swing coordinator for the Food Network's Chopped. Um, and Woo-hoo! what's crazy is 
all of, thank you, all of the women, all of the coordinators on that show are women. And unlike a lot of other places where your coordinator is just, you know, there for basic logistics, these women are making decisions. The senior producer of the show is a woman. The, e- e- the EIC of the show is a woman. A black woman, nice. the senior producer, is a black woman. Woman, all of the coordinators, including myself, are black. I mean, are women, not black women, but they're women. I'm excited about that. Um, on a personal <laughs> no, level, um, <laughs> that I've never been here, so this is amazing. Um, on a personal level, I am in post with my next short. It is my first solo written short. I'm really excited about it. Um, nice. My big brother Patrick. <laughs> Coker, who actually penned the last two episodes of Tales this season for BET and has a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, he is the director. And um, my first AD <clears throat> is a black woman. Her name is Shante Cherry. She's actually a very accomplished filmmaker herself. Her film, Silent Cries, nice. which I helped produce, is 24 festivals in. Um, and our new one just got into another two. So that's moving. And then my short, Mars and Venus, I call it Sci-Fi Real Fi <laughs> is now online. Um, you can get the link on my site or in any of my socials. And um, it is written by myself and another woman of color. Um, and it's nice. a different type of film. Um, basically, the premise is we have gotten so far away from loving ourselves and each other and the present day that a biological glitch happens in the future where humans can no longer reproduce love or emote. So they are now petitioning to the past, which is us in the, in the present, to save humanity from extincting itself due to its selfishness. Um, so that is out. And um, between just you, me, Karshina, and the listeners, um, I'm really excited because I am through the first round of the Sundance Producer Lab and pushing to Woo! get it through round nice. two. <laughs> so the hustle is real, but I am excited. Um, there are a lot of amazing creatives around me doing amazing things and I do my best to support as much as possible. Um, but Good. I feel like this Good. is the year that all of the seeds that I've sown are finally becoming something to harvest. Mm-hmm. And with that mm-hmm. harvest, I'm looking to feed the, feed the community collectively. So I'm excited, excited, yep. excited. Well, you're going to feed me, Karshina, what do you have coming up? get your information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're going to talk, Miss Karshina, because I ain't never been in a Harvard girl, so I'm in. Well, you gonna feed me, Seymour, because I'm coming for it. I am, I am here for it. Yes, we are gonna coordinate. Yes, um, yes. Thank you, Tyler, so much. Well, actually, uh, as I had mentioned before, uh, my production team. I'm actually uh, shooting um, a, a music video actually today um, that we're doing. It's a great music video I'm using with my cinematographer uh, John Orphan. You should check his stuff out. Like it's unbelievable the, the amount of work. Um, and the amount of uh, good things that he does. Um, I'm shooting that uh, literally like I'm going to be leaving this this podcast in like seven minutes. So uh, I'm literally going to be shooting. Uh, I drove to the studio, so we're actually going to be doing that. Um, My film uh, is called The Dead of Night. Uh, The Dead of Night is the uh, Russian horror film, uh, short film that I wrote, uh, directed, and um, also produced. And that's running in the film festival circuits right now. We've been semifinalists and a lot of things um, were being looked at um, to make sure that we're presented in the best light um, overseas, um, especially, mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, languages and things that people don't realize. Um, when you have people of different countries that are working, um, that people don't understand that are working within your, within your film, you have those countries who have, like, art um, people or they have uh, what they call like interior art, you know, uh, people that say, hey, you've got someone from Scandinavia. We want to, you know, bring you into any of the Scandinavian countries to present your film because now you're now showcasing our person. So, you know, those are the type of things that I'm, I'm doing. I'm making sure that when I employ people and when I have my actors, I'm using not only people of color, not only am I using people um, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, I'm making sure that I'm using people around the world because I want to make sure that it's not just a domestic, you know, um, film. It's an international film. And once you get those accolades mm-hmm. internationally, then you have other opportunities where it's like, oh, yeah, The Dead of Night, the Russian film. You have all these. I know we're not, you know, in the best of terms of Russia right now, 
But whatever, honey, there's the people that are paving my way to get up in there because I'm like, you know, I, I you know, comrade, it's all good. Um, but, you know, in other countries, like I was in Sweden, uh, this, uh, or actually last year I was in, um, in Iceland. I mean, these are places that black people <laughs> don't really go to but can find so much. <laughs> Excuse me, the flu is real. Uh, and they can go uh, so much into these things and then bring them and bring them into in, in-house. Um, I'm also working on two other new horror films that I'm writing as well, um, similar to a thriller. Um, the horrors that I do are not so much slasher or gore porn. Uh, they are more um, things that actually happen or things that could happen. So, you know, stalkers are truly real. Like, <laughs> stalkers are truly real. Those, those, that's a horror. That's, that's like anyone's fear and horror. Um, people who uh, are scared of this or have a phobia, those are like horrors, like generational horrors, you know, like, oh, don't go, you know, over to that house because, you know, when I was smaller, you know, grandmama told me, you know, that's a witch that lives in that house. And, you know, those type of horrors, those are actual horrors that people go through, especially like in that, that type of genre. Um, and, yes, my black people don't die. Uh, it's actually the white people who die within the first five minutes. Uh, let's put that out there. <laughs> let's get that out there. If they do die, their agent didn't call me for a better contract. But, you know, but I do make sure that, you know, my people uh, at least live to the sequel. Um, I'm actually, uh, as far as acting-wise, I'm actually slated for a film coming out with Frankie Muniz um, called, and I hope I can say it, if not, man, they're going to get me, but it's called The Black String, um, and no, I do not die. I actually do live. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and so look for that film to be coming out um, slated maybe later this year. I've got to double-check with everything, so on the acting-wise. Um, but, again, those are the things that are propelling you and propelling me to get from point A to point B. If you've got to go international, if you want to do stuff domestically, you know, you're trying to find these little nuggets, you know, to put things together because then your Happy Meal is going to be like, yep, I did that. Yep, I've got this body of work. Yep, I now know someone that's going to be in Sundance. I now know someone that's going to be in the Toronto Film Festival. You know, stuff like that. So when you are ready to present yourself, they are in key places for you to send out your stuff and or critique and or make sure that Mm -hmm. you are in a position to put your best foot forward. Um, But, of course, my mom always told me, you know, from a biblical standpoint, what's for you is for you. We can't Mm -hmm. always look at the next person and be like, man, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish. It's like, great, wishing is great, but what's for you is for you. You're in New York. You could have had a meeting with the same people from Warner Brothers that I could have had the same people from Warner Brothers, but yet they're two different places and two different, you know, houses, and yet they're looking now more to say, you know, we we just want more of a a city vibe. They're due New York, so then, you know, that's it. But I'm proud of you. That's good. That's great. You know, if if they want that city vibe of New York bid versus a L.A. bid, that's great. You You don't put down your fellow person who's also trying to come up, but we also have to, you and me, Akima, have to make sure that we find a way for the next people coming up after us, we have to find that line of how do they now step-by-step step get to where we are? Mm-hmm. We're blessed. It's we are so blessed to be in the positions that we are. It's listening we need to as find the line. Yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> well, I know from that me, line has I'm to be out there. <clears throat> I have never, when I worked on master class, I hired the black PAs I knew, the drivers I knew, uh, mm-hmm. And then what mm-hmm. happened was we do dramatic illustrations on Masterclass. I literally cast the whole season with my actor friends. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know what I mean? And then even as a producer, the last project I did, I was a lead producer on a new TV show on Brick TV called Soul King. I got seven actors top part lead into the union for being in the project. Like, mm-hmm. it's about creating opportunity for people and bringing them along. Even with my... With it the is. Thing, I was afraid that maybe my answers weren't great. Or da, da, da. I went to great producers I knew and showed them my essay answers and was like, can you help me fix these up and clean these up? And they did. And what's funny is 
the girl who wrote the script that I presented for the for the the to the lab is an actor friend of mine, first time writer, never have written anything before, but she had a beautiful story, and so I helped her kind of massage. It's her work, but I helped her massage mm-hmm. her, pull it out, and now guess what? Now she's a part of this team. My my director, mm-hmm. he was a educator at my college when I was a student. He's now my director on pretty much everything I touch and she's a part of the <laughs> I've team. Got those. I've got those. You yep. know what I mean? So yep. it's like that's how you give back. You you dig into your community and see who needs mm-hmm. this opportunity, who will not embarrass me, because yep. that's important. Who can I help that is to very important. up to this new level as I then show the people on the level above me what I'm worth and what I'm doing. Right. Because me helping you is sowing another seed into someone helping me. So let's all just and that's do this what it's all about as we climb. And that's what it's all about. It is sowing those seeds. Um, I'm talking also more about how do we get those people who are not at that level just yet. Uh, like, because I think – it's just like a summer job. You got to start somewhere. And if your film mm-hmm. doesn't look very well, or it's not shot very well, or you don't have, you know, you don't always have to have a red camera. You don't always have to have, no. you know, this that. It'll help you. But if you have an eye, and if you are willing to learn, or you're even willing to just step on set to just be there and to learn something, so you can move forward. Those are the people that I love. I love a willing heart. I had um, mm-hmm. a second AD for something who never done anything ever. He just wanted to have the credit, and I, and, and I saw his willing heart. But when he learned from the first AD on the film that I, that I had did, it was a series called Watch Me. Um, it was a trilogy. It's Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. Uh, it's Watch Me, Watch Me Again, and then Watch Out. It's about to – it's a horror film, and it, it, it goes around breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's great. You should check it out. Um, he didn't know anything to do. I mean, but then he learned, and I will tell you, he was always first on set, always first on this, always that, soaking mm-hmm. up those things. And so now he is now moved out now to L.A. He is now ready to get his feet wet because now he feels like, wow, someone gave me that opportunity for me to learn and for me to actually do my passion of, wow, I, I've never been in this position before because no one would give me a chance. No one was like, oh, we're going to do this. It's like, yeah, I know I didn't, but you know, it's all good. Um, anyway, my babies, I do have to go. I appreciate you. Yes, yes, Akima, yes. girl, we are going to talk. We are going to coordinate. I'm excited. Yes. I just want to say yes. congratulations on everything you're doing and just continue to be Thank awesome. Thank you. Sis. You too. I really, really appreciate who you are. Thank so, you. Find me on Instagram. I appreciate it, and I'll, kick, I'll catch welcome. up with you. We'll talk soon. Akeem, I just got one question for you to close out the show. We got five minutes left on the broadcast. So the question is, for young boys and girls breaking into the film industry, they're our future, um, what advice Uh would you have for them? Young meaning like pre-teens, teens. Mm -hmm. Um, Your age is not a hindrance to how much you can do and, and accomplish. There are so many programs out there for youth, filmmakers and youth directors, producers, et cetera, if this is something that you're interested in, begin to study. Watch the things that you wouldn't normally watch. Watch some of the classics. Learn who, if you want to be a director, learn who the directors are. Figure out the style that you're into, what turns your knobs, what pushes your buttons. Um, Find a mentor or three. Um, I would not be where I am at all without mine. So find a mentor or so that will help you navigate this world early. If I was able to know half, even a third of what I know now at those ages, where I would be today would probably be so much further. I didn't start doing production until I was in my 30s. Um, So if I had been doing it in my teens and my 20s, oh, my gosh, I can only imagine. So, you know, if this is something that interests you, um, find out what you want to do by doing a bunch of things to figure out what what works for you. And then also figure out why you want to do this. Do you just want to be a star? Do you just want to be famous? Do you just want to be rich? If that's why, find another profession because it don't start like that. Um, (laughs) If you want to create, if you want to say something, if you want to um, impact people, those are good reasons to do this. And then you just continue to figure out ways to learn and to just start doing it. You have a phone, you have a small camera, you know, Christmas is a couple months away. You can start stashing for that camera now. 
get the equipment that you want to use or get some kind of equipment, whether it's just your phone, you borrow a camera, whatever, and start shooting things. Figure out your style. Figure out your voice. As young as you are, it's going to change 10 times. But once you figure it out now, then as it evolves, you're able to move with the evolution of your voice and your, your, what you have to say. But just go for it. You can do it. Your age doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. Your sexual preference doesn't matter. Your socioeconomic status doesn't matter. All that matters is if this is what you want, go get it, period. Excellent advice. And where can people find you if they're interested in contacting you to work with you on some film projects? Absolutely. I am always open to working with awesome people on awesome stuff. Um, you can find me on social, um, Instagram, Twitter, at, um, at Okima, O-K-E-M-A-T, more. You can also go to my website, which is um, more, M-O-O-R-E, than, T-H-N, enough, E-N-U-F-F, so more than enough, enough is spelled super black, um, dot com. And there you can see some of my reels, some of my work, and there is contact info there for you to email me if you're interested. Um, And it doesn't have to be for a project. I get young people and adults emailing me all the time just asking me about how I got where I am or where I'm looking to go. I've gotten opportunities and inquiries through my email. I do answer all emails that come in personally myself. So feel free to reach out if you have a question, an inquiry, you want to hire me, you want to talk. Um, I'm always here to give back as much as possible. And if I'm not able to speak at the time, I will tell you and let you know when I can circle back to you if things are just rather busy. Um, But please feel free to reach out and let's talk, let's communicate. I think it's really important that we are even just a shoulder or an ear for our fellow creatives because most times nobody wants to listen. And mama don't know about this business and uncle such and such is not in the know. So you want to talk to somebody that understands even if it's just to vent or to soundboard about things. And I'm happy to be that for you when and if I'm able. So I want to thank you for coming on to the broadcast and talking to our listeners today. You gave some great information that's going to be really useful. As always, we have a resource page on blackpillradio.com where I'll have the contact information, the social media information for our guests who are on the panel today. So people can always go to the page and find past guests to work with and inquire about anything you want to inquire about. Remember, we are live every first and third Sunday morning of each month, and starting this Sunday coming up and every second and fourth Sunday of each month, we're going to have our video lessons that we're going to start launching. Um, It's going to kind of be similar to TED Talk. Some of our past guests are going to be giving back and giving information to our listeners and our viewers. So I want to thank you guys for the broadcast, and I will see you guys in two weeks, but be on the lookout for the video lessons, which will launch next Sunday, March 11th. And Okima, I will be in touch with you because we're definitely going to work on some projects together. I'm excited. Guys, keep listening to Black Pill Pill Radio for your information on the business and people in the business. I think that what you're doing, Tyler, is so amazing, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. And I'm so proud of you for just giving back to the community in this way and giving us a platform to talk to people that maybe wouldn't otherwise know who we are so that we can commiserate and communicate and collaborate. So you guys have a wonderful, powerful, productive, and amazing week, and it was so nice to talk to everyone. All right. Take care, and see you guys in two weeks.